My man, Chase, how we doing? Welcome to the doing show. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you? So, so for those of you guys who don't know, Chase is a, a current client of mine. He's also a coach, um, and I'd love for him to give a little bit of his backstory in terms of uh, your introduction to fitness and health and a little bit of your journey. If people aren't familiar with you, I think it's a really great story. And then we're going to kind of talk about some of how that kind of manifests into your life today. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so I started my health journey just a few years ago, um, kind of starting back, I guess, just kind of touching on like childhood and such, you know, I was always the heavier kid, um, never like super, super overweight as a kid, but as I was starting to become a teenager and just kind of started to grow up, you know, more towards adulthood, it started to get worse. I really started to associate my biggest weight gain to when I started to gain more freedom. And that was like when I was like, you know, had my driver's license, was able to go wherever I wanted, swing through any drive through, stop at any grocery store, gas station, grab any junk food I really wanted to, and no one would have a clue. So that was like when I really struggled, um, started to kind of get a really unhealthy relationship with food, started more into the binge eating side of things and really started to kind of head down that road. Can we pause for a sec real quick, just because you and yeah. I, I, this is uh, something we talked about this past week and like this freedom, this idea of freedom and, and uh, was it, and I, was it that there was a, uh, like, what was it about the freedom? Did you not feel like you had that? Do you feel like there was, were there people around you that were making you feel like you couldn't eat in a certain way? And so that when you finally got a chance to be away from those people, that it was almost like a free for all in that moment of like trying to make up for, you know, I can imagine if I'm in a situation where people are making me feel uncomfortable about the way I would, I'm eating or they're saying things or something that the minute I'm away from those people or that situation that I will capitalize quote unquote on that. Was that something that you feel looking back was, it does exist or maybe felt in the moment that you felt that, or is it, or is it maybe not that deep or just not that thing? Yeah, man, that's a great question. Um, I would say that that was something to do with it. Probably maybe not like, consciously at the, at the moment like you know like i just felt like i feel like i'm even around that same to this day i have those struggles with like when i'm around people like i'm not going to just go ham on whatever you know that's out there and you know we did we have like junk food and stuff in the um in the home as a child yes but not a ton of it i would say and maybe not like all the different things you know i mean gosh i mean you look at the grocery store now there's a bazillion different things out there now that you know it's like and once i started having more freedom it was more like I could try this, try that and not have any guilt associated to it. And then like, once I started to get that, like that taste for it all, like that was when it really started to kind of spiral downwards. Yeah. Continue on. Yeah. And so I, as a, you know, I continue to put on the weight every, every year was another diet of some sort. You know, I I've tried multiple different diets as young as like, gosh, when I was in my early teens, I remember trying Nutrisystem. Um, one of my, um, my mom was actually, just, I think she had ordered it and tried it and she wasn't like encouraging me. I don't want to you know, love her to death. I don't want to like make it sound like she was like trying to get me to do it myself, but I wanted to try some of those meals thinking that, oh, you eat Nutrisystem meals, you get to lose weight. That kind of thing. That's just sort of thing was to go more about. Was it something that you were encouraged to, to do or was it, a, was it a topic? Yeah. I mean, I think it was always like a topic. My, my, both my parents, I mean, they were both great, but like they never like really like pushed like dieting on me. I mean, they would like drop subtle hints, so to speak, you know, every time like, you're like, oh, you know, we should, you know, we need to start working on getting healthier and, you know, like, you know, but they wouldn't like really harp on it a whole lot. They would really support me if I was trying to, you know, lose weight, but they also didn't make me feel like bad about myself or anything like that. Um, and so I just continued to try different diets and, you know, I'd try like Atkins. I tried, I think like Weight Watchers at one point in time, I tried just clean eating, like all, all the different types of dieting out there, so to speak. And it wasn't until 2019 where, so at this point I was at my all time high, 382 pounds, just really a kind of a, kind of a dark spot at the moment, just because like, I, I felt good, but I also didn't know what really good felt like at the time either. Um, and just mentally, I just, you know, I, I was always kind of happy, go lucky person, but very bubbly on the outside. And, you know, I think a lot of that was, you know, sometimes forced just because I was trying to cover up for, you know, being the size I was. And it was that beginning of the year where one of my friends, Brandy, that I used to work with um, at one at the psych hospital I worked at as a nurse, she challenged me to the weight loss challenge. And it was like, okay, sure. Like we'll do it. You know, I really did not expect anything from it this time. I thought it was just like another dieting experience that I've always had the, you know, it was very common for me to lose 25, 30 pounds really quick. And then I would just 
just fall off track and just give up and then put the weight back on plus more. Um, that was every year prior to then. But this year, um, now I, I will say I did start with a, um, another fad diet, of course. Um, I started with intermittent fasting when I first started this weight loss journey this time, just because that was the kind of the go-to thing at the time in 2019. And but I quickly stopped that like probably two months in because I realized I like breakfast too much and didn't need to have that. So um, we started going to the gym. I started, you know, intermittent fasting. I was, you know, cut out a lot of junk food. Well, were you counting your calories or were you like, hey, I'm going to intermittent do this intermittent fasting thing. I'll just shrink my feeding window. I'll eat healthier. I'll work out. I mean, I'll eat more nutritious food, whatever that meant to you at the time. Was that like a, was that the general approach? Um, I was not counting calories at that time. Um, at, at that time, that was still when I thought intermittent fasting was you lost weight because you were fasting. Um, that was before I knew what calories were and like what they actually like, meant for weight loss. Um, that came that came a few months later on. But fr- from the very beginning, you know, I just started to just cut out all the bad foods. So to begin, and, and uh, you know, that's a whole different discussion as far as good food versus bad foods. But like in my mind, it was clean eating and fasting. And within that first month, I lost 30 pounds that first month. Um, just a really, you know, big jump right in the first beginning of the month, you know, a lot of water weight, of course, probably in the very beginning, um, being the size I was, but it continued to just come off pretty quickly, actually. And I was being really successful over the first few months and about month three or four was when I started to learn more about calories. That's when I met, um, Josh Pierce, my prior coach. And, you know, that's when he started to, really teach me more about calories and what they were. He, I, I joined his Facebook group at the time. That's when I first started to get to know him. And, and that's when I started to realize, you know, what I actually a calorie deficit was that I don't need to be fasting or do, you know, keto or what it cut out carbs. Like you can literally just be in a calorie deficit and lose weight. And that's what the big turning point in my weight loss journey from the very beginning. Um, and go, go ahead. Uh, uh, sorry. My mic just cut out there, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, did it, did it like, did you look back and you're like, oh, this is this calorie deficit thing. This is, this is what I've been doing this whole time, you know, like, and, and was there, when you lost, when you were like, okay, I'm down 30 pounds in the first month, was that an amount that you had done before? Did it feel like, you know, uh, I've done this before. Did, was that faster than you had done it prior? Or is that something that like in this, was there something that felt like it was clicking or was this like so far, this is something I've done many times in the past? it may have been somewhat similar to the amount of speed that I've lost in the past, but I think the biggest things this time was one, I had an accountability partner Two, um, I, at, right after the first month, I actually posted on my Facebook. This is before I even like really like bammed up my Instagram and stuff, but I posted on Facebook, like an update, like, Hey, I've lost 30 pounds trying to work on get my health better and back in check. And the amount of support that I was phenomenal, like friends, family, coworkers, everyone, like, which is absolutely great. So I think that had a really big impact on this entire weight loss journey was I had so much support going into this. And then like, you know, again, once I met Josh, you know, he helped me out through the beginning and really just like started to just find more about how simple weight loss is instead of trying to overcomplicate it. I feel like so many times we try to find like what, you know, what's the magic pill, you know, what, what magic stuff do we need to do to try to lose the weight instead of just sticking to the simple, like, calorie deficit, walk more, you know, get your sleep in, you know, quality food. Like there's so much simple stuff that goes along with weight loss that I feel like we overcomplicate it way too much so often. Yeah. Um, And then progressing. Good. No, no, it's just simple. It is simple. It's simple is not the same as easy, but it is, it is, it's interesting because it's not the same as easy, but you know, people get mad at the, people get mad is maybe the wrong way to start that sentence, but they, this like move more eat less like sentiment that, you know, gets slapped on this like flexible dieting, you know, if it fits your macros mentality, this crowd of like, well, they're just telling you to eat less and move more. It's like, that isn't, nobody is saying that as a really comprehensive piece of advice, but it is the very tip of an iceberg of understanding what is going on here and how all of the tips and tricks in the world are going to lead down to some form of an energy balance equation it yep. is a complex equation, sure, but there are some really big inputs like how much you move and how much you eat that really exactly. do modify this equation a ton. And there's a ton of those that are under your control. And so to 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 at least like you had said that you didn't even know what calories were. And so to take a lot of people out there who are not really understanding how this works and make them realize that it is quite simple does in my eyes is very empowering. It realized it, it, what it did, what it did for you is it immediately made you realize you didn't have to do intermittent fasting if you didn't want to. And so yeah. it, it, it's not 
easy, but it is simple and it gives you the option to do a lot of things your way as long as you meet certain requirements. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, moving forward, you know, fast forward to uh, towards the middle end of May, I've lost a hundred pounds uh, that first year, which was just incredible to me. I mean, that, that was like, I think around the time when I was like, this is actually, I mean, I'm doing it this time. Like this is actually lasting. Still not counting your calories. Uh, at that time. Yes, I was. Okay. Um, that's when I, I'd recently started, I started counting calories probably about late May or so, or excuse me, late April. Um, and I know this sounds awful, but this is just the way I was eating clean and everything. I was probably, I think I was eating like close to 12 to 1400 calories a day, way too low for someone my size, but that's just what ended up being before, you know, I realized like what was actually required. Well, let's hit the pause on that. Cause that, that's an interesting, that's so interesting because there's just most people 1200 is super, super low. Like what we're talking about in general is generalized topic, like this super low calorie, but here is a person sitting with me who benefited from a more extreme approach. And to be mm -hmm. honest, if you look at like some of the obesity data, like we, we see time and time again, that very low calorie dieting, which is, uh, has parameters within the research outperforms low calorie dieting or moderate, low cal moderate calorie deficit versus very low calorie deficit. Um, almost exclusively and there's there's something there and i'm not advocating this but what i am saying is i'm not surprised that you were yeah that you were as a person in a larger body that you were able to sustain that and that maybe that was a really good balance of discomfort and speed of progress maybe you were like hey i'm losing a lot of weight i'm not overly uncomfortable and this trade-off to me is really worth it and maybe you didn't even think about it that deep but you you were on some level otherwise you would have quit and so there was a decision somewhere to keep going and so this it's just, I don't know, just want everyone who just heard you say that as a person who had lost 100 pounds eating 1,200 calories that, you know, you know somebody might be like smirking in the back of like, well, he probably gains it back. And we'll get to that. Um, but it, there, it just goes to show you that there is uh, different tools for different jobs. And and for, for somebody to be like 1,200 is never okay for any person in any circumstance. It's just untrue. Um, we need to take this from an individual to individual basis. That's all. Cont do continue. Yeah. No, and, and I and I would agree. And actually, I think that did have a lot to do with my success. And and I think the biggest thing was is you know that was around the time also when I had first met um, Josh and we were talking about calories and such. And he's like, all right, we got to get eventually we're going to work your calories back up. Like this is working now, which is awesome. But eventually, you're going to start getting more adapted to this. You know, you're you're, you're going to have to get out of that calorie deficit. Eventually, you won't eventually. feel good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so. As the summer progressed, I started slowly increasing my calories a little bit. Didn't really want to, but it was like one of those things where like I knew I need to. Um, and then towards the end of summer, probably around like August or so, I had really hit, and I'm using air quotes here, a plateau. Um, and that was when I was really struggling. And that's when I hired Josh, my, my first coach. And he, we instantly got my calories up to like 22 to 2300 calories or so. Um, feeling a lot better, you know, and, you know, the weight was still coming off. I was still seeing a lot of, you know, inches changing and, you know, scale going down still and you know, body composition changing. And, you know, so that was really, it was, it helped to see other changes instead of just relying on the scale, you know, during that time as well. And towards the probably late fall or so, we were thinking about, you know, what other goals we could hit. And, uh, and I saw like, it was almost like the light at the end of the tunnel was like, I think I could hit 150 pounds lost because like it was still progressing throughout the year. I was losing a good bit in August or so I had lost like 130 or so. And that's when we were like, all right, let's go into another deficit. You know, maybe we can get some more off before the holidays, you know, Christmas and that comes up. And so we did. And by December 18th, I think it was, I had lost 151 pounds, um, which, you know, was an incredible feat for me. I, you know, drastically a different person physically, of course, um, you know, lost the whole person pretty much. Um, so it, it was really cool. It really motivating for me and, you know, got out of the deficit. That was when I went to my, my first, like true, like maintenance period and like really focused on like, just not losing weight for a little while, which was definitely a different mind, mindset. And we can talk about it if you want to, but, you know, I think that was something that was a big change for me to like kind of switch that. Um, and then from there, we just continued to cycle, you know, back and forth between maintenance and deficit. Um, and then started to shift focus from to other goals. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that was like, you know, a lot of my weight loss journey was to that first year. And then a lot of that, you know, a lot of other things have come since then. Yeah. And then there's a couple, a couple of thoughts. One is like, okay, if we have, I get a question all the time, like what should the length of a deficit be? And then you just told me that you were in a deficit for a year plus potentially, whether 
whether there were periods of not being in deficit for the most for the most part it sounds like it was a straight shot um yes. and that is another moment of you know i'll usually say eight to 20 weeks but <laughs> it's an arbitrary thing there's no like your brain your body's not like oh shit it's been 12 weeks oh my god let's <laughs> shut this metabolism thing down fuck are we doing you know that exactly. that's not how that works you know you you do adapt over time and, and the the end of one's deficit is going to come at a time where the juice is no longer worth the squeeze for them, where they don't <laughs> feel good. And in order to continue to lose, if they want to, they'd have to do something they don't want to do, which increase calorie, decrease calorie or increase movement. And it's like, there's no switch that is flipped. And it's like, all right, now it's time to get out of the deficit. It's when do I, when do I not want to try and sustain this anymore? Um, exactly. And so f- for a person in a larger body, like we, I mean, there's this famous, I probably can probably Google in the background. So forgot that dude. Like if somebody asked me, what's the longest time somebody has been in a deficit or the most, you know, there was some guy who was like, uh, you know, didn't eat for like 360 days or something like that. This is a true story. This is, you can Google oh it. Gosh. He was in, a, it was, he was, it was like 500 and something pounds and he did not eat for like, and I, my point is that like people are like, Oh, extreme deficits are bad. Oh, this, there's you can't be in deficit for such a long time there and by the way this guy kept it off this is an amazing story and um not kept all off but like went from being you know 500 plus pounds to being like 200 something pounds um (laughs) my point is that the the length of time that you can deficit is not really the question it's the how much weight have i lost how bad do i feel how lean have i gotten and okay somewhere in the 8 to 20 week usually people have lost enough enough weight where they're starting to not feel so great and it's probably practically a good idea to hit the pause button and circle back around if you want to continue afterwards. There's no like, there's no like physiological breaking point. Is my point. And so you saw, you had you were you were 380 pounds, I believe, when you started. And so there mm-hmm. was a lot of runway for you to to lose weight before getting to that point. And frankly, there was actually probably a, a long period of time where you were losing weight and feeling better. And so there's there's like a lot of people associate this like strict downward trend. It's like I go into a deficit and I immediately will start to feel worse and that I will feel worse and worse and worse the longer I'm in a deficit. And it's just this downward thing. There was probably a period of time where you were feeling better and better and better and better. And Absolutely. then and then again, you know, it, 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 it probably peak and probably does mm-hmm. start to accumulate some diet fatigue. But that's kind of when you went into some more structured maintenance periods interval with deficit, which I think was very smart. Was there were you what was your exercise regimen like at the time? When I first started the gym, it was a lot of cardio. It was a lot of, you know, and that was also, you know, when I was going in at 380 pounds, like I didn't feel super comfortable, like lifting weights and all that. So I would just go get on the elliptical or the treadmill and just go for 30 minutes or so and then get out. That was pretty much my routine. And then like a week or so into the gym, they gave me like a gym orientation, like when they literally just like walk you around to machine to machine, like, all right, you know, put it on this setting and probably this much weight for you. And then, yeah, and then they, all right, next machine. And so then I just kind of did that. I would just walk around the gym and do a few different machines here and there. And then I maybe tried a little bit of the dumbbell work and stuff in the beginning, but I really didn't know what I was doing. A lot of just YouTube videos and stuff, kind of looking, learning a little bit more and, or just basic plans that I would look up. And then late fall of 2019, I um, hired one of the gym personal trainers just to show me some more about um, free weights. And that's when like, he really tried to show me more like how to squat and um, how to press and deadlift. And that's when I started to get more into that and he showed me some little things here and there. And then from there, once I felt more comfortable using a barbell and dumbbells, that's when I started looking up just more, again, just like templates online of like different workout plans and still never really knew um, exactly what I was doing. Like I never really was like tracking progression, so to speak. It was more just go in and see if I can lift a little bit more than last week. And sometimes I was even bad about tracking the weight. So it was like, I didn't even know if I was doing more and less. Um, and then that was back in, you know, what was it? 2021, we started working together uh, early last year uh, when I was like, all right, I need to, I need to finally, you know, figure out what I'm supposed to be doing in the gym. So um, and then progress from there. Yeah. And so let's let, I think everyone's listening. They're like, okay, here's this guy. He's on Jordan's podcast. He lost a bunch of weight. He did it in a, what would seem to be an, an aggressive way. Um, didn't know a lot, did it in maybe an extreme way, both from a calorie perspective and an abstinence perspective where you were like, nah, I'm just not eating these certain things. I'm very much going to focus on eating these things. I'm not going to drink. Maybe I'm not going to have a lot of like junky, like highly palatable, high calorie foods. I'm going to be pretty rigid, which you probably had to do based on the probably low calories you were eating. And, and what they want to know now is they want to know what was it a success. And so I'm, I'm interested and I'm going to set the scene a little bit. It's like, I want to hear what was, how does that transition to where you are today, both (laughs) physically. And then I also want to talk about the fact that you are, you did, you did a thing 
that doesn't represent how you'd live the rest of your life. You did an extreme calorie deficit with very strict rules um, and, and maybe a lot of cardio, maybe a regular amount of cardio, I don't know. And how does that now, how does that leave you psychologically and physically as a person today trying to maybe, you know, plug into a regular life that's more sustainable, that, that doesn't, doesn't call for that sort of extreme measure? Um, yeah, so I think, you know, what the listeners are probably, you know, like you said, one of the big questions is like, did he keep it all off? And granted, did I have a cup of everything off? No, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, but honestly, the trade-offs that I've had over the past couple of years of things I've been able to experience have been well worth it. Like there's, there was a point in time where I stopped caring so much about the scale because I realized that, that was really like kind of weighing me down, so to speak. Like, I just felt like it was like everything I did was dictated by what the scale did. And it, that was really determining my worth and who I was and my success. And I started, and I wanted to stop realizing, and I stopped realizing like, you know, that the scale, yes, that while that's a matter of, you know, data and it's a way to track your progress, it's not all the progress you can have. And just like when someone goes into the maintenance, you know, we, we look at other forms of progress, you know, in the gym, where you're capable there, and then just other accomplishments and achievements, you know, throughout, you know, life. And, you know, for, for those listening, you know, I, you know, I'm a nurse and I started travel nursing last year um, in 2021. And it's been one of the best things I could have done for my life. Honestly, like, you know, as far as just like getting out, you know, of my home state, Virginia, and, you know, I went to Charleston, South Carolina. I had an amazing time there. Now I'm in Colorado, so heading somewhere next in a couple of weeks. I mean, just like, but all that being said, they're like, I've really stopped putting so much focus on the scale. And it's like, what am I getting out of life? Like, yes, the scale means something. Yes. I don't want to put the weight back on, but then again, it's like, what am I willing to trade off? I'm, I'm, I've finally come to a point where I'm like, I'm okay, you know, a little bit heavier than my lowest body weight because I'm getting the experiences that I want to, you know, I'm getting to try out, you know, different restaurants around the country. I'm getting ready to, you know, I can travel and not worry about putting on a few extra pounds here and there, but I, but I also know how to get back off as well. And I've really shift focus as well to like just big accomplishments as far as like, you know, I went skydiving last year. I've done some pretty amazing hikes, like things that I would could have never done three years ago, either just physically or because I actually I had a, a weight requirement to like, for example, like the skydiving thing, like could not physically have done it because I was too heavy. And that was something that's really meant a lot to me throughout this process is getting rid of the scale. And even you and I have talked, you know, a lot, like I've taken a scale vacation recently and like, that's done me a world of great, just getting my head away from the scale and focusing just on life and, you know, finding that, I know balance isn't like the best word, but like finding that way of like living life and being able to enjoy it, but also still make, you know, conscious decisions and be aware of what I'm doing. Yeah. I'll always say that your fitness pursuits should be about finding a balance of, of, of a lifestyle you like to live in a, in a body you enjoy. And so for you, it, it was like, okay, I lost all this weight and it's opened up a lot of doors for me. And so let me focus on the doors it's, it's opened for me, skydiving. And you, you did some really difficult hikes we talked about. Um, and so that's so, it's amazing. Doesn't get, doesn't get done or talked about enough. These like other actual practical things that have been improved with your weight. And, and what I'll actually say, go ahead. I'll go even further is like, what you did was it opened up a ton of doors. Like could go skydiving literally had a weight limit you couldn't do it like the hiking stuff maybe you just weren't even close to cardiovascularly fit enough to, to, to go on some of these things and see these beautiful things that you can do now and so th that is what i would say the type of weight loss that has real meaningful impact on the quality of life and i'll i'll just put on a, a slight other side of the coin there. It's like the opposite of wanting to lose the last five pounds and see visible abs. It's like people are like, oh, weight loss, you know, it's I'll be happier when I lose the weight. It's like most of your life is not gonna change. Now I'm not you guys ever listen, you guys know how my deal. You if you want to pursue weight loss, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But do consider the life trade-offs. Like for some of you guys who are looking to lose weight it's going to actually practically have super meaningful things like this, you know, being able to play with your kids, being able to go for the hike, being able to play a sport, being able to do whatever activity that you want to do, not get winded, going up the stairs, take your dog for a long walk, whatever. Um, and then there's also like moments of weight loss that like, you're like, man, is this really going to make a practical, meaningful difference? I just think it's important to consider that stuff. And they can open a ton of doors for you. And the fact that that's something that you've like refocused on and, and gotten away from the scales and super powerful, because I think, you know, I think, you know, how much better your life is right now. And if, 
if the scale was still creeping in and, and kind of clouding that realization that you could have of how much better life was, then it's a good idea that you've taken a vacation from it. Um, I love that. And I'll, let, let's stay with that a little bit. You've continued to track your calories through that process of, of taking a break from the scale. Um, does it, does it affect the, the food choices that you make or the way that you go about eating and the way that you can go about enjoying your life, just n- not having to face that? Or is there a part of you that like, I always think about like, I want to be the kind of person who could face it and not let it bother me. But there's also a question of like, why do I want that? Is that an ego thing? Like, is my life just better if I get rid of this right now? And if it is, then stop letting that like egotistical part of me that like wants to be the kind of person who can face the scale. Like, well, like, did you go through some of that where you're like, I really want to be able to face it. And then got to a point where like, this just, whether I want that or not, it's just not helping. Yes. And that's exactly how I was. There was definitely a point in time where it's just like, I, and I would always try, like, I, I need to see the scale. I need, you know, it's, it's just data. You know, I'd be like telling myself, like, it's just, you know, the, the coach inside of me and the, you know, like, and then I hear like, you know, other coaches, like, it's just data. It's just data. You know, and it's like, yes, it is just data. But either way, no matter how hard I try to drill that into my head, still that old, the old thoughts come up. And so that was what I had to really work through. And like, it just became a point, you know, I was also working with, working on my relationship with food. I mean, as you know, one thing I've been working on is binge eating. You know, I have a long binge eating history, um, leading up to my, you know, up until the point where I lost the weight, I did really well, you know, the first year, uh, actually for two years, I did really well, a few hiccups here and there, but nothing too severe. Um, and then last year while I was travel nursing, I really, you know, I, I would say I relapsed or, you know, had some points of overeating and binge eating at some points. And that was something I was really wanting to work on. And over the last a little over a month now, that's been my biggest focus. And I think getting my mind off of the scale has really helped with that as well, because I've been able to not focus on like these food choices are making the scale do this or, you know, oh, the scale, you know, I would still slip up into old ways of like the scale goes down. It's like, oh, I can, you know, I can have a little something extra today, or I can have this little treat today because the scale's going down or it go up. And then I'd be like, well, shit, I just need to let, you know, take, you know, couple of calories for a little bit today, you know, cause the scale's going back up again. It just, it really didn't help. But if, if I'm trying to heal my relationship with food right now, the scale was just adding more to it. Like granted, do I want to get back into weighing again? Yeah, eventually. But like right now I'm, I'm really enjoy, enjoying this process of getting my relationship with food back. Yeah. I love that. And I think that what, a lot of times when we think about the scale as being a tool, we have to think about it as at what time is this tool most useful? And so if you, you kind of have a good feel of where your, your maintenance calories are of what kind of foods and what kind of eating patterns going to keep you satiated. And it's funny because with you, you actually have seen a a big, some big day-to-day scale fluctuation. Some of the biggest I've ever seen with client before. (laughs) 10 pounds. Uh, Yeah. I've seen 10 pounds on like a not, I'm not talking about after like an all you can eat sushi night. I'm just saying no. like I've seen you and I've seen four or five, six pounds on just random, totally normal days. <laughs> and so that it's not like we're, it's not like we were talking about like 0.2, 0.3 increases no. that were going to make you <laughs> feel wish. a certain way emotionally. Like we were seeing big swings and we were like, you know, these big swings are kind of, kind of fucking with us. Cause honestly the data was looking fantastic. Um, and it, it turned out to be like, once you get to a place where you're like, man, I really want to focus on like the way I'm eating, maybe just how much I'm eating. And I know that if I do most of that stuff decently well, that my weight's going to stay more or less the same. It's this idea of like, do I need to weigh myself at maintenance? You do until you don't. And for mm-hmm. you, it was like, this data is no longer telling me something I don't already know. I know if I'm in this like 3,000-ish range, 3,000-ish plus or minus a couple hundred, I'm going to stay relatively the same week to week, month to month. And so this data was like, even if you've gotten to a point where you're desensitized a little bit, it wasn't all the way. And so you're like, well, it's not just, it's just I'll tell you right now, right now, I'm not, to, I'm not to currently weighing myself either because I know that like, if I eat in this range of calories, I get this range of steps. And, and I, right now I'm not trying to see the scale go in any direction that this mm-hmm. will kind of yield that. And it does take a little bit of an, like a psychological burden off of that. Um, I'm curious, does that shift? Like, are you, have you felt that, well, I guess we'll go to a slightly different topic here. That so you have gone you're you're travel nursing right now, but you also have a coaching business. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear about when that was something when that became something that you wanted to do, and also if you feel like well, I'm sure you do, but it, how your experience has shaped kind of your coaching style, or maybe just that improved some of the things that you can bring as a coach. Yeah. So I once I started, you know, I started posting a lot on Instagram as I started mentioned, you know back when I first started losing weight, that was more of like my accountability accountability piece was just post on Instagram, some updates here and there once or twice a month. And then it started turning more into, I started realizing people were asking me, how are you doing this? Like, dude, you've lost a hundred pounds in five months. How, how, how'd you do that? You know? And it was really cool. And it started to just 
I would just help people like, and I loved it. I thought it was super cool. And like, you know, it's always like funny to like, you know, give them the, as we mentioned earlier, like how simple it really is. Like, it's like, oh, I'm not changing much. It's literally just X, Y, and Z and, you know, no fat burning pills or, you know, skinny teas, whatever <laughs> other BS is out there. Um, and so more people started asking me and started to really just fall in love with the process and really just helping people through that. Um, and really, you know, I started having more people reach out to me that, you know, people were following me, but maybe didn't talk to me much. And then I'd have like them reach out and be like, Hey, like I'm down like 25 pounds because of what, you know, you, all your inspiration stuff you've shared with me. And I'm just like, that just lit me up inside to know that, you know, I'm able to radiate positivity and, you know, encouragement and helping people realize that it is possible. Um, cause you know, I, I like to say I'm no one special. Like I'm just like Chase that, you know, was overweight and lost the weight. Like I'm nothing special. So, and then what, beyond that, like back in June, 2020 is when I first took my, um, first certification and it was because I had started talking more, more to my coach about it. And he was like, you know, maybe this is something you want to look more into. Cause I was telling him people that were asking me a lot of questions and asking more about losing weight. And, and then I started having a couple other friends that you tell me like, you should think about doing this for coaching. And that's when I, you know, I posted again on Instagram. I was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm taking the coaching certification. A lot of people were interested in learning from me more. And that's when I decided to go into it, you know, really just start out with her certification, start out with a couple clients here and there. And from that point forward, it's, you know, turned into more, but like, I, I really have used this as a leverage for, and I like the preface this by saying like, you don't have to go through a big weight loss journey or something like that to be a good coach by any means. Like I know a ton of great coaches that have had, you know, maybe not have been over 300 pounds, but they're amazing coaches like yourself. Um, like, you know, like great coaches, but then again, like there's a point where I'm able to connect with my clients and say like, I've been there. Yeah. Like when, when, when Miss Jones, who comes to me, that's, you know, 300 and some pounds and struggling with the binge eating and the mindset stuff and all the things that I went through, like, yeah, I get that. Like I've been exactly where you are at right now. And we, you know, we're able to talk and relate to it so much more. And so I think that's how it comes out in my coaching a lot is just being able to connect with and have more empathy for my clients, knowing that like exactly what struggles they're going through, the scale fluctuations that they're having, the, you know, the good days, the bad days, like, and I, and I've had actually a few clients tell me like, after they've been working with me a while, they're like, I, I chose to work with you because you've been there. Like you, you're not, you know, the person who has had the six pack abs for their entire life, you know, since they were, you know, five years old, <laughs> like you, you've had your struggles, you've been there and you know what I'm going through. Yeah. This, so I think that's what the biggest thing is. And that's, and that is just, it is flat out true that there is just a piece of what you bring that I will never bring. And that is just a, that is a fact. And that doesn't mean that I can't be a good coach and w exactly. learn secondhand. And so my, my, all of my learnings have been secondhand through the experiences of others. And, mm -hmm. uh, or at least in this exact context, um, of somebody who's, let's say, uh, has a lot of body fat, a lot of extra body fat to lose. And so that's awesome. I think that that's so true. You know, it's funny because it's partially a logical fallacy to assume that that's, you know, like if you're like a doc, like having, if you, you can have a perfect, a great cardiologist who's also like probably maybe doesn't take care of his cardio health as well. Or you can have an overweight personal trainer who's like amazing personal trainer. So technically it's a fallacy, but there is, man, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a fallacy. What matters is that somebody feels comfortable with you enough that they end up making positive changes in their life. And so that's awesome. And I know that that is a question I've gotten before. It's like, have you ever really been super overweight? And it's like, that's not true. <laughs> I haven't. Um, and so there's limitations to that. And I'll admit that. And I think that's only fair. And so I'm, I'm, it's almost a pay it forward mentality that I feel like you have a little bit of like, I went through this. I, I'm still, I still go through some of it. Um, and that allows me to connect in a way that maybe makes you really more successful than you would have been otherwise, which is awesome. I love that. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, to add to that, you know, I, I think it's also, it adds a whole different level of accountability as well. And then also like, it's, it's great, but I will say, I mean, I, I I'd be lying if I didn't say it, it also has its struggles as well. Meaning like, you know, because of my history of being overweight and my struggle with like binge eating that I've had and past like that, like sometimes it can feel like, you know, kind of like an imposter kind of thing. Like, you know, where if I'm struggling, it's like, how can I be struggling so much with this, but then be teaching all of my clients, you know, how to get better at it. And so I deal with that a lot myself. It's like, you know, I run into that a lot is kind of like that hypocrite kind of feeling at times. So definitely want to just want to let people know, like, it's not always like, like, yes, it's great that I'm able to connect like that, but also, you know, I still have to work on myself 
well. And sometimes, you know, I have to put myself first and also just be open and honest with my clients. You know, there's many times where I'm like, Hey, I'm struggling with this right now. Just like you are, um, which was hard at first, but I've realized it's, I'm just, it's another way to connect with them. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because it actually is, it actually is a moment to enhance the experience to make you, I would not, not that you're trying to make that, trying to man, uh, manufacture this situation, but it is certainly a, a moment of just feeling human. And so mm -hmm. if you're like, you know, it's nice to at least be open about the things that you're also struggling with. Um, yeah, it's that, that is an interesting counter because you, you're like, Hey, I have this ability to connect, but I also don't have it all figured out either. And so I'm in this middle point of like, I can really help you because I've been there, but like, I'm also maybe not where either of us want to be at the end. And so we're <laughs> exactly. going to kind of go through that to some degree. I'm further along than you, but we're still both on that journey. So that's very cool. I exactly. like that perspective too. That's awesome. Um, yeah. let's pivot real quick. So I want to talk about a little bit about, I had, a. That's a word salad. Um, I had uh, the gym nurse on last week. Mm -hmm. And so we talked a little bit about shift work. And it was so funny. It was right on the, the, the coattail of you and I having that discussion in our check-in. And so let's mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit. I want to hear, did, were you doing this while you were working overnights? Were you doing this? Were you working overnights? Were you doing long, crazy hours? Um, and then you, and then maybe a little bit about how like the, how has that job affected you, your ability to manage your fitness pursuits, let's say? Yeah. So I've, I've been working the three 12 hour shifts a week, pretty much since the beginning of this weight loss journey. Um, and so it, while it's been great, you know, because I had those four days off, you know, that allows me the four days to work out and which has been super helpful, but, but it also, those 12 hour shifts can get, you know, pretty difficult sometimes, <laughs> um, especially being a nurse where, you know, you're not always guaranteed a break and all those things. Um, and so I think, you know, just kind of tying on, you know, what we've most recently been talking about is like, one of the biggest shifts that I made recently was I had told you that I was kind of taking a lot of like stack foods, so to speak to, I would like pack my lunchbox full. I mean, it was full of like great quality food and like, but it was more just like snacks. And I would just kind of eat throughout the day because I, you know, most of I wasn't getting a break. Um, for those who don't know, I'm an emergency nurse. So it's very common for that to happen. Um, and honestly with nowadays all nursing, but, um, I would just kind of snack on things throughout the day. And while, I thought I was doing myself a favor. You brought up a very good point, which I'm, I'm super glad it's been super helpful for me is that, you know, I'm probably never getting full and never really satisfying that, you know, fullness that I'm like, all right, you know, that, that was a meal. So it's like, when is my next snack? Or should I eat this now? Cause I'm going to be worried that I won't have it later or just a lot of struggle with that. So then about a month or a little over a month ago, that's when I switched to the, you know, just having three meals a day. Uh, really focusing more on that and less on the snacking side of things. And it's been helpful at work. You know, I, I try to take, you know, my smoothie that I make every day now for lunch when I'm working and a sandwich and that's my lunch. And it's something I can eat while in the break room if I get a break or it's something I can eat at the desk if I need to. Um, and so that's been super helpful. And occasionally I will work night shift every now and then, like, you know, if I'm picking up an extra shift here and there, but I, I really am. That's like my one firm boundary with work is like when I take a contract as I, how did only you, work day shift. How do you, so how do you do that? So how do you, how have you had the luxury to do that potentially? Is that like a, is it the travel nurse thing that, the, that you're like, that you are doing them a favor? So this is them doing you a favor. I mean, how have you done that? Cause listen, the best piece of advice that I've ever gotten about how to help your clients with shift work is to get a new job, you know, tell them to get a new job, but obviously it's like a, a half of a joke. Um, and so how are you, how are you making that? Uh, how are you putting your foot down on that, that the, the day shift piece? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's more or less, I mean, now that I'm a travel nurse, I, I, you, you pretty much, you pick your contract, what you want. And gotcha. so I, I'm more limited. Like I could go, I could probably have more options or make more money if I did night shift. But like, my thing is I have to have day shift. Like, that's just one thing I've realized that with my health and everything, I, I have to work day shift to be able to maintain some sort of consistency. However, I will take that back. I did. So back in 20, I think it was fall of 2020. Fall of 2019, trying to get my years mixed up. Everything's flown by. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea what year some things were. I was like, what year did we go into quarantine? Like, I was like, what, what was that, 2020? <laughs> exactly. like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. It was fall of 2019. So um, the majority of the way through my weight loss, I switched to the ER. And prior to that, I was working psych and mental health nursing. And I was working day shift when I left that. But when I went to the ER, I was on night shift. I was on 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. shift. And yeah, not, not fun. Crazy. Um, 
so and I and I got out, I got out of it as quick as I could, but I was there was many months that I was on that, and then I went to like a three to three shift, and so I was I had to kind of earn my way back onto the day shift. Um, and while I was on nights, that was hard, but something that really helped me was like instead of looking at meals as breakfast, lunch, and dinner, something that Josh helped me with was like looking at things like meal one, two, and three. And so it's like sometimes your meal one will be at night when you get home and that's your dinner. Sometimes it will be breakfast when you get up in the morning. And just as long as you're finding three meals within that 24 hour period, you know, that, that, that will work. And so like, I stopped trying to label meals as what they were. Cause it kind of complicated my tracking. I get that. Yeah. Um, but from that point forward, like I just had to really focus on again, like trying to structure some sort of meal plan that was going to work for my night shift. But, were, you, um, were you caffeinating during those night shifts? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a rough one. That's so tough, man. Fuck. Yeah. My, my, my sleep was so screwed up during that time. And, and that was something, and, you know, sleep is still something I'm, I'm constantly trying to work on. That's something I still struggle with every once in a while. Um, but definitely during night shift, it was hard, you know, cause like the days we were trying to, my, my day shift, like, I mean, my days off, I had to pretty much live on day shift. So I would try to, when I was working night shift, I would work my three nights in a row. And then, then I had like the, yep, like the day to convert back to day shift right. person. Yep work and then, you know, live on daylight and then have that day to kind of convert back to night shift. Yeah. Um, so definitely it, it kind of made it a lot come more complicated, but it another reason to get back on day shift. Yeah. You mean it yeah. blows. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. It blows. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's, uh, so you and I have had, uh, we've had a good emphasis. I'm trying to say like, kind of like why we met and became coach clients. I think it was a lot of, you know, we, I talk a lot about hypertrophy and that's kind of one of my emphasis and you wanted to learn a little bit more about the training side. And so mm -hmm. I think we've spent a lot of time doing that. And as we've worked more on both the nutrition side and some of the shift work and the hypertrophy stuff, um, you know, we, you had, you were like, Hey, I was, this was prior to us switching to these three big meals. You had had maybe a, you use the term relapse. Maybe you had a couple of moments of like, Hey, I'm still feeling like I'm struggling a little bit with this binge eating. And we, I had discussed a little bit. We, we were trying to like, kind of have this discussion of maybe it's time to also have somebody in your corner in terms of more of like a professional therapist to have mm -hmm. that discussion that is a little bit more focused on that. Um, and you had, I actually am looking for, I'm using this as our check-in here. I'm looking for a bit more of an update because I know that you originally had had a therapist that you, you know, it didn't click so much with. And so I would love to talk about this specifically. I don't know if you guys are very specifically talking about this one thing, or you're obviously having a more broad spectrum scope discussion about you. Um, but has that helped this exact thing? And maybe how's that experience kind of shaped you know, you as moving forward with, with working through some of the emotional side of the eating. Yeah, it definitely has. And, you know, it did take me a little bit of time of trying to find the right, you know, therapist and also just things that work out with some of my last ones. And, you know, I think it's, you know, just, it's very important for people to realize also just, I think we should mention like when you're talking to a therapist, it's just like find a coach. I mean, like it's okay to leave one and find, find one that works better for you because not every therapist out there is going to be a perfect fit. Um, so, you know, with that being said, the one that I did up end up finding, but we spent my first 45 minute call all about binge eating. And it was, it was, it was actually kind of funny. Like the very first time we met, like, you know, I use better help, um, for mine since I'm a travel nurse, I can see him wherever I go. And he was looking at my questionnaire when I first sent it into him. And he, for some reason, the first thing he picked out was like, let's talk about that binge eating. Cause I listed that on the, and at the time when I filled out the questionnaire it was like months before, but I really wasn't struggling with it. And I was like, oh, funny you ask, because this is actually the one thing I'm really struggling with right now. So it just worked out perfect. Um, but anyways, we, we really started to dig, dig deeper into that, started to like relate more to like maybe like childhood things that had happened and just like things like, and maybe just like how my relationship with food has changed over the years and, you know, through the weight loss and then like just kind of losing that, that, that feeling of that I'm like losing control when I had these binge eating episodes and like learning like how to stop in the moment or, you know, how to like, you know, reach out to someone, like make that phone call. If you're starting to you know, find yourself in that position or, you know, like trying to find some way to create it being okay that you're struggling and like learning to kind of get around that. Um, which I don't know if that really makes sense or not, but like, like it's, it's finding a point where you have to be okay with it and understand that, you know, it's just another, you know, maybe it's a mistake that happened, but it's okay. Like you, you're going to have these hard times and you have to learn that what can you do in the moment to kind of create that awareness for yourself 
find out why it's happening, identify when it's happening, and then kind of create a barrier in there to bring it more to from unconscious thoughts to conscious thoughts. And that was one of the big things that, so what's really helped me, and you know, I'll mention the two things that I've done that have really helped create more awareness for me and consistency throughout this process in case you might resonate with others. One, I've, you know, done a consistency calendar. You know, I have a little dry erase calendar in my house that, you know, every day I look at and my big focus is, you know, if I can go in a day without binge eating, I put a W on the calendar and circle it. And like you said, for some people that may not be the greatest thing because then like seeing maybe if you have to put an L on the calendar, it's not, maybe that can, can lead down that rabbit hole. But for me, it has been beneficial because there's been many a times where I have maybe had a point where I want to maybe go binge out on something. And I'm like, no, I want to go home and be able to circle that W tonight. And so it just that, that old mindset shift there. And another thing for creating the barrier to creating the unconscious to conscious thought, I identified one of my hardest times was after work. You know, after a 12 hour shift, I'd get off. I was frustrated, stressed, hungry, all the emotions, so to speak. And the only thing I wanted to do was just be able to numb those emotions with food. And the, the best way to get that dopamine hit was something sweet. That was always my go-to when I was overweight. And so I was going to like stop at the grocery store on the way home, grab some junk food or stop at the gas station, grab some junk food. And it would numb that. But then of course that led to more guilt and just the never ending process. I was kind of falling back into that restrict binge guilt cycle again. And so what I did is I literally took a, and actually I got the idea from my therapist for the like affirmation sticky notes. Um, I put them around my house, you know, just kind of daily reminders, you know, you walk around the house, you see a sticky note on the fridge it says, I am strong. You know, you say it in yourself, you just, I am strong. You know, you walk into the bathroom and there's one in the mirror that says, I am worthy. You know, like there's all these sticky notes to just constantly just have you saying them out loud. So you start believing them more often. So I took that same concept and I put one in my car that says, think long-term. And this was something that really helped me because I, there's many days where I'd get off work super stressed, hungry, wanting to just go binge out on whatever was quick and easy. And I would sit there for a moment and look at the sticky note, think long-term. And literally that sometimes was the only thing that got me home without stopping. And I would just think to myself, think long-term. You, you don't, what you really want right now is food. You don't really, really want the junk food. You just, you're hungry, you're stressed, you're tired. Just go home you have to the food you have made. And that was what really helped me get through that hurdle. And as it's, as I've gone longer, you know, I'm like 44 days into this now without binging, it, it's gotten easier because I, I just don't find myself turning straight to the junk food like I used to, you know, a couple months ago. Um, and so that those two, two biggest things that have really helped me throughout this process, it's just creating more awareness around the subject. Yeah. The awareness is that key word for sure. I love that. I giggled for a sec off air uh, because you and I have talked about this and I forgot what the sticky note said. I thought it said, go the F home. And I thought that, <laughs> I thought that or just go the fuck home or something. I thought that's, I, I, I'm I now going to put a post-it note in my car that says, go the F home. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah. I, at first, I, I was like, from, in my head, I was like, shit, what does the post-it note say again? And I think long-term is much better. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I mean, listen, awareness is, is, is the difference maker here. And so there's like a, a loss of control that's associated with these binge eating patterns and loss of control somewhere in there is like a loss of awareness being present, almost a feeling of not, not making autonomous conscious choices. And for you to be able to sit with that and is, is humongous. Do you feel like, so you're obviously doing great with that. Um, Part of me was thinking, okay, but what about when, when, when you mess up and, and there's almost, I say when, because it's something that like we need to, it also needs to be addressed, you know, just like Absolutely. you're doing great. And, and I'm curious, have you thought about that of like, I'm doing great. I have all these safe, safe guards in place that have like helped me become more aware and that awareness has helped me be way more successful. There's also the, the, when I fail, what do I do? How do I handle that? And so that, is that something that you've given thought to? Absolutely. And actually I just brought it up with my therapist last week. Um, and we're still meeting on a weekly basis. And even though like things are going really well in that realm, you know, working on other things, but also we always touch about that as well, the binge eating piece. And I did tell him, I was like, you know, I, I've been thinking more about when that's going to happen because, you know, I'd love to say that I'm never going to binge again, but I know that I'd just be lying to myself. So I need to be honest with myself and have a game plan ready to go. And that has been really just like, reach out like like one like reach out for help you know like i already told him like i'll be sending him a message i'll probably send you a message you know it's hard like to like 
fess up to when you think you've screwed up quote unquote, but that's what I need to do to like, know that it's okay. I mean, like it actually, that was one of my most pivotal moments, um, working with, um, Josh actually that I, I will mention like too, like, and actually were just most pivotal moments throughout my weight loss was the first time that I felt like I screwed up on my journey. It was like a time, like I overate at like an office party or something like that. That day I texted him that evening and I was like, Hey, I, I really like screwed up this whole thing. This was like four months into losing weight. And I was like, I, I really feel like you know, I just blew it all. I ate way too much. I had like three plates of dessert. I just went ham on everything. And he was like, did you enjoy it? I said, Oh yeah, of course. He's like, awesome. Get back on track the next day. That's it. Like you don't need to restrict. You don't need to do anything extra. Just get right back on track. And so that's the thing It's now it's like, I'm sure I'll probably, you know, I'm sure I'll probably feel bad about it. I'm trying to get my head around not feeling bad about that when it does happen, but I just know with me, I probably will. So like, that's what I'm going to need to reach out and lean on others for support. And I just, that's one thing that's, that's my first game plan is like when it happens, acknowledge it, let people know what's going on to get more people kind of hold you up when you feel like you're falling down. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I want to be respectful of your time. We're coming up on an hour. I just want to say it's been, it's been super great getting to know you and, and, and just knowing who you are as a person, I'm not surprised you'd be an amazing coach an amazing person to, especially somebody who's been in your shoes, who wants to be where you are. I think you'd be amazing at that. It's like, doesn't strike me as odd at all that from the character traits that I know about you, that you'd be an amazing coach. So that's really awesome. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? I know that you've been on some other podcasts lately. I'm going to link some of those. I know you're on butter your macros right recently. Yeah. Uh, and so that's really awesome. You have your own podcast. And so plug a whole bunch of shit here and let's get people <laughs> over to your page. Awesome. Well, first I want to say thank you for that. I really appreciate that. And you've been an incredible part of my journey. So I want to say thank you. I mean, I, I really do appreciate it. I mean, I, I have many people, people, mentors and coaches and friends that have helped me throughout this process. And you're definitely one of them. So Thanks, thank man. you. Appreciate that. Um, people can find me Instagram at changing underscore chase. Um, same username on TikTok um, podcast. Okay. I see you on TikTok. Yeah. Oh yeah. You do great on TikTok. <laughs> I do. <Yeah. laughs> it's been really blowing up over there. I love yeah. it. It's, it's, it's my funnier side of coaching. That, totally. Like, a lot of shit that like I, I would never post on like Instagram and stuff. Yeah. You want to see the real funny side of chase? Just go to TikTok. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, that, and then my podcast, the chasing health podcast. Um, and let's see, those are the biggest places that a Facebook group. I do have chasing health with chase Smith. Um, yeah. Message me. I love, love chatting with people. That's like one of my favorite things to do. Even if you just hop on a phone call, I love chatting with people. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of where optimal meets practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.